Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our show tonight. We are happy to see you and we want to welcome you to Mobility and Beyond. And I would like to say hello to our presenters and welcome to ACB Radio. And um, so we have uh, Connie Sims with us and Lyle Sign and Patrick Sheehan. And so welcome, guys, and I look forward to your show. Thank you very much. Uh, I'd like to welcome everybody here tonight. I think this is our third show that we have put on, Mobility and Beyond. And tonight we wanted to uh, have the show in maybe three different parts. Uh, we're looking to get an overview of what's going on with transportation in general, particularly as it pertains to the CARES Act, what do we see coming sort of transportation-wide <clears throat> over the country? And for that, we're gonna have uh, Lyle speak to us about what he sees in the area of transportation. And we'd like to invite questions after each segment. And then Connie is gonna talk about rural transportation, what she sees in, in uh, South Dakota, um, what we, what she's experiencing out there, which I think is totally different than perhaps what Lyle and I are seeing. And I will be talking about what we're seeing in the Washington DC area, particularly in the area of paratransit and in that area and what we're experiencing and what we might be experiencing in the future. So <clears throat> Lyle, would you like to start off? You're our resident researcher. Appreciate you being here. And um, appreciate you being here. What are you seeing in the area of transportation going on all over the nation? Right now, uh, good evening, everyone. And um, my name is Lyle Son. I am the researcher. I'm in the Philadelphia area, but I follow transportation as a hobby, but I've been doing it for many years. If it moves as transportation, I'm aware of it one way or the other with the stuff that I look into. What I've seen overall in the country since March, I've seen a decrease in what's out there in the way of services to get from point A to point B, a very drastic point. Uh, I would say for like your major bus company going across the country, you went down from basically a thousand routes nationally to down to 366 as the present time. With all your major airlines, you have I have seen that they have dropped a lot of their um, service to very minimum. You are finding out that they are going through money uh, very quickly. Um, just recently, the numbers for how much money they're burning through the their cash flow each quarter was put were put out. And we are looking at like for Southwest, I will say that they've lost in a three month period, uh, their cash burn of how much money they burn per day is about $16 million a day. And that is the lowest. And then you go up as high as American and that is at $44 million a day. So we are seeing a lot of that. In 
your local transit, your buses that are, go around the area, a lot of the service has not totally fully come back because people aren't riding. There is caps on it. Uh, they're starting to see some come back, you know, but not, it's not really a lot yet because there's no riders. That's what I've seen so far in, in the airline industry. If you want to go different places that have fun and sun, you're starting to see that come back a little bit, but there's precautions that we all have to work with. The CARES Act, as um, we were, we looked at, um, the airlines got 25 billion. They basically ran through all that. On October, 4, October 1st, the airline industry basically lost 40,000 employees just in the, that industry. That does not include the hotel industry and other travel situations. Uh, that are out there. Uh, this is all information that is out there uh, by reputable sources that we, we all can look at. And I would really like questions on from people to figure out what they have in their area that they have seen or what they are are dealing with so that we can get a feel for how we can better help them in getting, you know, people to recognize their transportation needs in their area and then go about trying to get the information to them to how, how the way that they need to go legislate for it. Um, that's my beginning of what I have. Um, but uh, Pat, I'm, you know, hopefully that's a start of what we, what I'm thinking about. If you or Connie have some uh, questions that you'd like to raise towards me or anyone else, uh, I'm be very happy to hear them. Uh, I do keep my pulse on all travel, uh, not just uh, not just here in the in the Philadelphia area. So I'm I'm always interested in knowing what other people are dealing with, because my thought is we're blind. But it doesn't let us, it doesn't tell us that we have to sit at home and not do anything or not go anywhere. You know, we are viable, viable people of, of transportation and we should go and, and use it as much as we possibly can. Thank you, Lyle. I, I have one question I'd like to ask. Uh, as far as I've taken Amtrak or used to take Amtrak a, a lot uh, from place to place uh, in the Washington, D.C. and up the coast area. What are you seeing as far as Amtrak? I haven't haven't touched that lately. Has that been badly affected? Do you know anything about that? Uh, yes, Amtrak has. They have done some very interesting things on their on their website. Uh, they are limiting the amount of people on their train cars. Uh, when you go to buy a ticket from them, they will give you the percentage of how full the train is. Uh, before you never used to have that. Uh, but now if I look at a train, say, from Philadelphia to Pittsburgh, which is the Pennsylvanian, I will see that the train is 45% full. And that will tell me, do I want to get, do I want to ride that on that particular day? How many people will possibly be on it? But it's a reduced level of, of people. And that is going, um, that is going on basically all their service. They're not filling the train cars as totally they would normally hold 72 people on the train car 
and I would think that they're about um, they're about half to three quarters. On the airline industry, when right now you have they are talking about keeping the middle seats open. Some of that will change. Um, I know that Southwest came out today saying that as of December first, they will fill their planes. There are only three other airlines like that that will keep uh, center seats open till after the new year, um, which will be JetBlue, uh, Alaska, and Delta. They will be the only ones that will keep their middle seats open. So if you're planning to travel and use transportation, that's the things you need to be concerned with. Uh, you know, I recently did a trip down to Tennessee with my wife and we purposely flew down to Atlanta, but we had a, uh, a policy on how what we did so that we would not get close to other people. So it kind of worked. Um, and I think the flight attendants were very conscientious of what we were trying to do to make sure that we were not near any other people on the plane. So hopefully that answers your question, Pat. Uh, but if we have any questions, uh, Donna, I'll be more than happy to take any of them uh, if you do have any. Okay, let me tell everyone how they can do that. Um, if you want to mute on your phone, it's star six. Uh, well, actually, yes. And to raise your hand will be star nine. And on the app, the raise hand button is in the middle of the screen. And then when you are asked to unmute, uh, the unmute will be to the far left as it normally is. So anyone who has questions, if you want to raise your hand, you may. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't hear of any right now. So. Yep. Uh, we just had one. Oh, we do. Okay. We do. And All right. We have area code 914. 914. Okay. Is that person unmuting? Area code 914. You may Hi. speak. There you go. <laughs> Hi, this is Annie Chapetta. I'm from New York. Um, I just want you to know that I tried to use the webinar link that uh, was sent out and it, it was telling me it wasn't working. So I had to come in over my one tap on my mobile. Okay. Because it was the webinar wasn't, um, you know, and I, I did it a couple of different ways to try to get in. So I don't know if that's, I just want to let you guys know that. I, I, um, do, I do appreciate that to, the, to, to, to know that we had, might've had some issues coming in that way. I mean. Yeah. It, Cause it, it didn't come over the leadership list as a link. So I don't know, maybe it got broken or something. Cause usually they come over as a link and you just on your computer, over your email, you just click right on it. That's correct. Um, it, it was not a link. Yeah. I, I had the same issue getting in, but I, I that's it took me a couple extra seconds to get in. But okay. you're, you're in the nine one four area code. That would be <laughs> yes. the that yes. would be that would be New York City area, right? Or would be uh, uh, Westchester. Westchester Ground okay. Zero. Ground yeah. Zero. Yes, New yes, Ground, New Rochelle. <laughs> your, your transportation, your your local transit. I know that you have probably paratransit, but do you have much? in the way of local service that you could tell us about that would be, that would need some improvement. You know, I'm, I'm interested in sure. that kind of stuff. I mean, the only way that we can make our local transits better 
is by getting the information from people and getting it to me, mm-hmm. getting it together and saying, okay, Albany, what can you do for these people? Because Harrisburg's right. the same way because local transit, if you want to get your, you know, you're lucky that you have the train that takes you up to Albany from New York and other places, but there's parts of New York that don't have transportation that would probably love it. And that's the kind of thing that is transportation. I think we need as transportation company, we need to know so we can help, help the, help you guys get what you need. You know, that's just what I, that's my, my love of transportation. Yeah. You know, we, we feel the same way that you do um, in the lower Hudson Valley. Uh, Westchester is very fortunate. We have, we have a pretty good paratransit system. I will say, um, it, it, even during the worst times of the, of the, of the COVID, uh, uh, shutdown and everything, they were helping people who needed, um, critical service, like, you know, getting to their, um, to their appointments or medical appointments or, um, or whatever. So they were really good about that. They were really good about, um, trying to do what they could to, um, to just put one person at a time in a vehicle and using only the large vehicles. Now, um, it, not so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now we, we have, we can have up to three people on a vehicle. Um, uh, you know, everybody sits in a different place, you know, one in the front, one in the back, one on the side, you know, we all wear our masks and all that. So, and we're okay with that. A public transit has been hard for people, you know, um, especially people, uh, with visual impairments, um, or guide dog users. We've just, it's been a struggle. So we've, we've stepped back from using, using public transportation, public buses, especially because it's been, it's been just really awkward, you know, and difficult. Um, so yeah, uh, the Metro North trains, you know, they're okay. You know, it, you know, people are kind of helping each other out and whatever. Um, I don't know about downtown and the subway system and everything. I don't go into the city. Okay. So, but yeah. but this is the kind of information that like Metro North, Adirondack Trailways going up from New York up into the Adirondacks, you know, because of the CARES Act, all these all these local companies that we used to have, um, they're mm-hmm. they're they're going. They're they're disappearing and we don't have as blind people, the good transportation for, to get from a local spot, say Westchester County, going up towards Herkimer or you know Syracuse or something like that, because it's not there anymore. You know, no, it's not. And and even going cross crossing county lines, mm-hmm. um, forget it. I mean, you go from Westchester to to Orange County, um, you you can't do that if you're <laughs> you can't do if that you're, if you're using paratransit. No, there's no way. There's no um, way. Same thing with Westchester and um, and you know some some of the other counties. You know we we have services, you know that we could avail ourselves to, but we can't get there. Okay, so we I've see. always wondered about that, like that that cross county lines type of parity. You know, from paratransit to paratransit, it's well, not e- it's not that easy. You know, I- and. That's I, what I like to see improved, like that kind of okay. pass passing of services. You know, we have um, paratransit in Westchester and accessoride in the city, 
Mm-hmm. You know, we have a really good relationship. So if you needed to get to the city and you are a Westchester paratransit uh, customer, you could you could do that. You, get, you for a year, you can get up to I think it's up to ten guest rides. Okay. From one to the other, but right. we don't. The other counties, forget it. There's no way. Okay, that's, you that's know, a county is rough. That's something that we need to look. You know, we need to look at and see who do we need to contact in each one of these states to say, why don't we have the cross county service? I'm going to take that note. I'm going to put it on my little cheat sheet to take back to our transportation committee to see what we can do, and that's something I think we should be able to look into. Is why thank you, Annie. That's great. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. That that will help us. That's the kind of stuff that I would hope these community calls would do is to to hear what people are dealing with. Yes, talk about cares because it, it is affecting what money is being spent in transportation, <laughs> and we need we need to know what's going on in in the in in the small small towns. Thank you very much, Annie. We have Diane. Diane, good good afternoon, Diane. How are you doing this evening? Well, pretty good. Okay. I'm here, I'm here in Michigan. Okay, Michigan. Okay. Uh, northern or over on the pan over on the um, Mackinac Island side? I'm kind of more in the south part. Okay, close to Toledo then. Well, not that far south. Um, <laughs> if, anybody, if anybody's familiar with the Pontiac Silverdome, okay, I'm a quarter mile away. <laughs> okay. Um, so, how is your transportation out there? Um, okay. Well, I'm in Oakland County. Okay. And we have like opt-out cities for public transport, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are in you know northern Oakland County, where where I am. And it's very limited. You know, you can go through cities, you know, and not be able to stop because it's an opt out. And okay. um, paratransit in, you know, in the Detroit area. Well, I used it years ago, and you can only call two days in advance, and good luck getting a round trip if they can get you in at all. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, seven days with medical, good luck. Good luck to having them show up. So, um, so would this, would this be a case of the, of the Michigan uh, Department of Transportation being involved with how the paratransit is run in that state? You know, um, I believe it is smart. So, Southern Michigan, um, something, you know, transport. Okay. But, um, so I don't know that it's really state of Michigan because you know the, like Flint he has their own transport. I can t- I can take, I can take a bus. I don't even know that I can get to the bus stop to get you know to the mall, but I can from the mall. I can take a bus like 30 miles up to Flint. But um, the reason I'm calling is because I am part of a nonprofit that, you know, does like Metro Detroit area. Um, it started out in Oakland County because of the um, apt out cities and stuff. And 
what we do, it's called Freedom Road Transportation. And what we do is, um, well, not being able to drive. You know how hard it is to get somebody to drive you. Yeah. We help reimburse mileage to get people to where they need to go. It doesn't matter if it's medical, it could be to services, it could be, well, Michigan's still half shut down, but it, it could be to anything. And it, you know, it, uh, before COVID, it was like 100 miles per month at like 53 cents a mile. And then after COVID, it uh, became whatever fe the federal rate is, like 55 cents a mile, and it doubled it to 200 miles a month because nobody could get out. So they, they're, you know, they had so much money, you know, with nonprofits, you use it, lose, use it or lose it. But did 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 the, did the nonprofits lose all their money by now because of everybody using it? That would be my question. No. We no. we just had a board meeting this morning, the first one since January, believe it or not. And we just got some big donations and we have a grant that matches donations. Okay. So So that's what you have in in the in Michigan area that you're you're working with to to Yeah. Okay. And who is doing, this is Patrick, I had a, a question on that. And who does the driving? Is it Uber, Lyft? Are you reimbursing no, cab companies is, or individuals? Oh, it, it, it is, um, it could be a family member. It could, you know, it's, it's somebody you know that can work with, you know, you guys work around the schedule, you know, and. Um, and then that person can get reimbursed for, for trips that he's helping other people take. Um, particularly family members, so you're keeping your pod safe, basically, with COVID because you're traveling with people you know. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I had a friend of mine taking me, you know, places, you know, to get my hair cut or to dinner and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and she, you know, would get the reimbursed miles. That's great. That, yeah. I, I hadn't heard of that before. How about no, you? Neither have I. I that's, no? that, that's something that, you know, it's it's a, something that's out there that you know we need to know about so that other people in the in the Michigan area could use it. You know, perfect. I know that other states have something similar to us, um, and you know, like there's people using our model and stuff. So I can I can give you the name, the website, the phone number. You know, if if anybody uh, wants to for more information. We would like to I think we would like to very much follow up on that. Our resident I think you stumped our yeah. resident researcher here. <laughs> yeah. There you go. On, on on this one, yes you did. I mean, well, because it's something that I mean, I'm constantly looking at different things. I mean, I will look at a, a transit system, you know, and say, Okay, what what's its good point? What's its bad points? You know, that's that's what I do as, you know because I just don't, I don't believe that we should be sitting home doing nothing. You know, I'm a firm believer of getting up and going, you know. Yeah. So. Right. Like I we said, would very much like to go to play bingo. Mm -hmm. 
go to you know the money the funding can be used to go to play bingo go to church it doesn't have to be used for medical right okay should we pass that on to the transportation email list pat sure i think that would be entirely appropriate and would, would yeah, I, we would I, love to be able to uh, to chat with you more about that and get some more information. So that yeah. that would be great. Yes, that's a um, model that I had not heard of, and I didn't know something like that was out there. So, if, particularly if other states are doing that, I think that's worthwhile to look into. Good. Yeah. Uh, so good. at at the end of our program this evening, um, I can't get to it right this second, but I will make sure that we uh, give you the transportation email list. So you can send it to us so we can look at it and we can go from there. Okay. Very good. Thank okay. you. All thank right. you. Thank you very much. Uh, Charlene. You... Yes. Go ahead. Uh, Charlene, who would like to speak? All right, Charlene. And Charlene. then Lyle, I think we need to jump over to Connie next. Yes, I think we we'll, do. But we will uh, certainly get to as many of these questions as we can. Go Charlene, ahead. go ahead. Yeah. Thanks, Charlene. Okay. I was going to mention they were talking about um, going between uh, on counties um, in, in New York, but in in San Diego, um, we have a huge county, but we have two different transportation districts. And what happens if I'm going somewhere, uh, I'm in North County wanting to go to um, into San Diego County itself. All I have to do is call my my picking up um, carrier or provider. Um, then they make the arrangements themselves to make the connection with the other company. Um, I do have to pay for each each vehicle, but they will stay with me um, at the transfer point. And there are several transfer points. Um, they've tried to select them so they would be safe and you know have telephones and different things around. But that makes it a lot easier for doing it. They just coordinated all the between themselves. And for seniors, um, we also have uh, what is called elder help. And that is a free service. They ask you to donate what you can, but you can get rides. You call um, elder help, tell them what you need. And it's for any purpose. Um, and they provide the rides. And they have volunteer drivers or drivers that they use um, for the transportation. OK, thank you very much. And that's San Diego touching touching base with us this evening. That see, This is the kind of information that we I think will help us to give us some real clarity of what systems are doing and what we can try to say, well, we need to be looking at this to see what kind of state laws are there that if I know that here in Philadelphia, if you want to go over to New Jersey, you will be able to connect with um, the access link for New Jersey, but you have to go a certain time and you have to go at certain places. So there, it does happen all over, but most people don't know about it. Okay. You know, one of the interesting things, Lyle, that I think we're hearing from members of the uh, audience right now is that, you know, even though we talk about uh, fixed route systems, we talk about the rails, the airlines and all that, Last couple of calls have been uh, custom custom services that are running nicely within some of these other transit properties. And it's interesting to know, I don't even know how to classify them. They're not really micro transit, even though some of them are classified as that because they're not paid for by, let's say the, I don't think by the county, but I think that that would be an interesting um, 
an interesting thing for us to take a look at to see how are these, how are some of these uh, other things being financed so that we can, you know, see if we can model more of that in some other areas of the country that are that are not having a lot of transportation money coming in. I, I, I think that's what we, I think that's something that we could really we should look at really because, mm-hmm. you know, just by the, the calls that we did get the Michigan, San Diego, and New York. I mean, we're basically going across the country, mm-hmm. saying that people are doing things that are basically making making us be able to go places that we would not have been able to go to before. Right, making um, transportation work in a different, in, in, basically in a different paradigm. Yeah, yes, agreed. Yes, def- definitely. Um, Donna, I, I hope we're not stranding hands. I just, had, I just had one go up, been up till just now, so. You had what? I just had a hand go up, so if you wanna take it, that's up we'll, to you. Yeah, why don't we take one more hand and then we're gonna jump All over right. to Connie and let Connie do some talking about rural transportation. Great, thank you, Donna. Oh, uh, sure. Uh, this is area code 505. 505, area code. Good evening. All right, Mr. Researcher. We're- yes. You may yeah. unmute. Yes, this is Beth from New Mexico. Okay. and um, You're in Albuquerque area, we right? No, this is an Albuquerque number. Okay. But I am in... I am in Alamogordo, New Mexico, which okay. is a rural, very rural community. Oh, yes. And uh, unfortunately, it doesn't have, well, it has a paratransit and it has fixed route service, but um, that could be subject to change at any time, <laughs> like tomorrow that the governor might shut down stuff again. Anyway, what I wanted to say was that um, we don't have a lot of those things that, like, we can't go over to Texas or we can't go over to, you know, like you were saying, you could go to New Jersey from Pennsylvania. We can't even do that. No, because and, um, your state is, is quite big. And for where I'm at in Philadelphia to New Jersey is right across the Delaware River, uh, basically. Right. You know, a couple from from where I'm at here is possible. But if I'd be up in the northeastern part of the state, uh, say in the Wilkes-Barre Scranton area, it, you couldn't do it because it would be too far away. Uh, we our, have, our state is kind of. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, our state is kind of big, but uh, unfortunately, there's not a lot of resources coming in, especially to these uh, rural communities and. Um, like we were shut down for 10 weeks. God only knows what's going to happen tomorrow because the governor's threatened another lockdown kind of, I, I hope we don't lose our transportation again tomorrow. But um, yes, this was really something else. And we don't have anything like elder help or anything like that. That's one of the reasons. We have to depend on taxis and all that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why uh, Lyle and I kind of jumped on that because before this call, I hadn't heard of, you know, uh, systems being set up like this to to uh, to get people from one place to another that wasn't set up, uh, you know, let's say in a city or urban area, whatever. Right. So it would be interesting for us to see if there's a way to replicate. 
some that, of these in other areas like like yours. Yeah. Be, because I know that the state of New Mexico, if you want to get there, you have to get there by a train or a Greyhound bus. And otherwise you can't do, you can't do much. Uh, you know, it's very rural. Um, it's one of the more rural states that we have. Um, I'd be, I would be looking at the governor's office, your department of transportation to see what rules and regulations that they have in their state, in your state, to see how the funding for transportation is. That to me is one of the things that all of our people need to know is who funds the transportation in your state. Yes, there's money that comes from Washington. Transportation bill comes from the House, which, um, you know, they're working on something like that. But there's also, you need to be able to look at your state and they do have a Department of Transportation and it's not just roads, it's also other things besides roads um, that they have to take care of. And that's where that's where the um, the state chapters need to put themselves and say, what is it? What are the states doing? Um, I know in Pennsylvania because that's where I live. The DOT will pay for some inner city bus routes, but they won't pay for all of them. Um, they that's what they used to do. Um, they don't do as many as they do because the money's not there. I'm not sure why they don't do it. That's my own comment to that. But that's what they used to do is pay for some of the inner city bus routes. So my suggestion is talk to the, your Department of Transportation and see where you can work with them or, how, or talk to your um, s state people in your House and Senate to say, how can we get better transportation in our cities? But we need to look at our cities and see how we can improve them. Okay. Kyle, this is Connie. And I just Hi, Connie. How are you doing tonight? Good. So, Beth, how large is your city? Oh, she's, I, um, she's already been muted back. Sorry. Because I was, I was just going to, because that kind of just rolls into the, the rural transportation stuff. And I was just curious of how large your city was um, because, you know, she could talk to like the rural transportation board for the New Mexico area, or she could actually talk, you know, like Lyle said, the state, but then look at the city um, because some of the smaller cities, they help fund, or we have a thing here in Sioux Falls, like we have um, Project Car and it's run by a lot of different, uh, I say churches, and the churches help pay for it. You have to, um, I'd say, request at least seven days in advance, but they'll take you to like different appointments for the for the elderly and the disabled for free. Um, but I don't not sure how much they're running right now with COVID. But that's another option. Is sometimes you know, churches or other businesses may help in that some of those areas, especially in the smaller towns. Honey? This is Pat. Um, sort of to set the stage, you know, we're all used to talking about cities, big cities, and how we have all these blah, blah, blah. 
Talk to me about what what is life like in the rural areas, sidewalks, buses, bus stops, subways. How do you get around? How are things financed? What is the difference between what we might see, Lyle and I might see in our urban areas and the challenges that you have to face in the rural areas? And my God, then how do you, how do you fix, how do you, how do you work with it? How do you get results? So, yeah, that's, it's a, that's a loaded question, Pat. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, so like here in Sioux Falls, it's, we're considered more of an urban. So we get the state funding, we have some city funding um, and we get the CARES Act. But then you look at, you know, some of these small little towns um, and they may get some CARES Acts and they probably will get a little bit of money from the state, but not necessarily. So a lot of their funding actually comes from fundraisers within the city or um, city, their own city government will try to put in a little bit. Um, but it's a lot of times, like my hometown, it's volunteers. They have one paid um, employee, but the drivers and every um, most of the other staff are all volunteers. So that's how it works, just so they can have transportation around town or to a larger city for like doctor's appointments. Um, so it's a lot harder to get around, especially in the smaller communities in in the really rural parts of the state. Um, it's a little bit different, you know, with the larger cities. And then again, at the sidewalks, I mean, so you have, um, so like, let's go back to like the smaller towns, you don't have like a fixed route, it's gonna be like on demand, um, kind of like a paratransit, but it's more of a demand service. Um, but then you have like Sioux Falls and Rapid, um, that have fixed routes. So again, the sidewalks are supposed to be accessible. The, side, the bus stops are supposed to be accessible. We have um, actually the city of Sioux Falls um, had a lawsuit filed against them years ago um, against someone with in a wheelchair because there was bus stops that were not accessible. So now they are going around and having to, because they lost, of course, um, adjust a lot of their sidewalks. And I was actually on a pedestrian meeting earlier today. Um, and there's, we've really gotten their attention. So I think a lot of it is that it really comes down to getting involved in knowing what your city and what the state, like Lyle said, you need to know what the, how much the state has for funding. Um, but I've actually gotten the pedestrian people to really listen to me now the city engineers and planning and a lot of what I had to say is what they were really listening to today you know and before I was kind of just a bystander and they really didn't listen to me but now I've really gotten their attention and pointed out some of the more obstacles and talking about safety so there's a lot of sidewalks we we're just talking about a partial um where we have uh, I'd say developers have a lot of say in the town where if they don't want to develop something, they don't have to put a sidewalk in right away or they don't have to conform to some of the roads 
come because it's a lot of times it's private. So we have on a, one of our major streets, we have a little parcel of land that has not been developed yet. So you have this little section that all of a sudden there's no sidewalk. So you have to go out into this major street to walk. Um, and I just, I brought up to him today. I said, we, we have to do something because it's, you have all these sidewalks and all of a sudden you're gonna make us walk into the street. Currently, I'm the developers have the say. And they're coming back into me and saying, well, the city council is not gonna pass anything because you know we have to keep the developers. And I said, so keeping business and developers is more important than your citizens. And they really didn't have much to say to that. So I think a lot of it has to be with education. So we see a lot more um, different conditions um, here where we have, you know, each little town is a little bit different, but then we have little ones that connect. Um, again, we have very limited across the state. You know, we're a wide straight state and getting to like Sioux Falls to Rapid, um, you have, can you think of the, the lines? Um, Lyle, help me out. We have Oh, not Jack. It's not Jack Rabbit. You know, it's but it's um one of you know the going it's, across. It's Jefferson. Thank you. I couldn't think of Jefferson. Um, Jefferson Line, and it's very limited, and they don't go into the small towns anymore. They just go basically straight through. They go to um, probably have five or six stops, and that's it. They don't pull off to the small towns. Um, and I can't even get up to Aberdeen, which is our third largest state city because Jefferson line doesn't go up there. And then there's right a line that comes out of Aberdeen to another city, but that's not running at all because of COVID. So our transportation is really, really limited um, overall. Um, and then we don't have, going back to just crossings, we don't have subways in South Dakota. We don't have Amtrak. Um, you'd have to go to Minnesota or Nebraska or um, North Dakota would be the closest ones for us to get to, um, to even get onto an Amtrak. So getting out, I mean, we, Sioux Falls has a good airport. We have a lot of smaller airports, but it's very hard and very limited. And a lot of times it's more. Um, a couple of things that I've noticed, or at least that I've heard, Connie, maybe you can speak to them. First, I thought it was interesting one of the points you made in appealing for um, sidewalk construction, and that's always an interesting fight in and around every area, I think, uh, is the idea that you're stressing safety. And, and so who can argue against safety? So that's a very good argument for, um, uh, for sidewalk construction to promote safety. The other thing that, that, that I know we've, um, been focused on here, particularly when we wanted to see more pedestrian improvements, is emphasizing health and wellness. Getting out, eventually we're all going to get out. We want to move around. Lyle, you've, you've told me how, uh, you know, you, you, ugh, you get, you know, cabin fever sitting in the house all the time. You, need, you want to go, you want to get out there. Yeah. Being able to get out and be safe health and wellness and get back to your physical activity, I think is another important thing for all of us to be thinking about. 
and and that it sounds like some of what you've done, particularly in appealing to the walking environment, um, that's maybe a couple of the areas that you focused on. I think that's good. It is, you know, and the other thing I pointed out today is, and it, which is an interesting point that we've talked about in our transportation, the EAC is that a lot of the people from the East Coast and West Coast are moving actually to South Dakota, um, to Sioux Falls, <laughs> South Dakota in general, because of the living situation. So that's another thing I pointed out is that, you know, people from around the country are moving here and they're used to walking and getting out and having the health. So we need to make sure that everything is compatible and make sure that they get out and walk and still enjoy the lifestyle that they were used to when they were able to get out and walk everywhere. And, and the fact that they're moving from the cities, let's say they, they want to maybe move out to South Dakota to an area that's not as rushed and all, we're finding that because you don't have to show up in the office to do the job, if you're working, let's move somewhere else where I want to be and I can still work full time. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, I have people that I know that the gentleman used to work in Atlanta and right now he works from a small town in Eastern Tennessee. He, he can get up and work right from his, his office in his, you know, in his house in Eastern yeah. Tennessee. He doesn't have to take the three hour car ride down to Atlanta, you know, mm -hmm. it, very, that's, yeah, very that's, interesting. That, yeah. that's what's happening. You're going to see more and more people move from the major cities to the smaller the Sioux cities. That's Sioux Falls, <laughs> Eastern Tennessee, you know, yeah. towns in Tennessee, Friendsville, Maryville, Arcoa, all those mm -hmm. small towns that they don't have sidewalks. You walk in the street and it's coming that they are going to have to do something in these small towns. Agreed. Yeah. Donna, how do we have any hands up? We do not have any hands at the we, moment. Mm -mm. Well, you know, because if we don't have any hands up, then Connie and Lyle and I are going to have to do all the talking, which is not a problem for us. <laughs> no, but, no. Uh, well, somebody just took you up on that. All right, then. Great. Thanks. <laughs> okay. uh, it looks like it's uh, area code 501. Lyle, what's the area code from? Uh, 501, I'm thinking here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> area code 501, you may speak. Yeah. Oh, you, you blew it, Lyle. Uh, that's okay. Arkansas. Is it? I think it's Arkansas. Are we from Arkansas? Arkansas, you may unmute. Oh, maybe uh, not. Oh, no. We'll never know, Lyle. They're not. There they go. Okay. Can you hear me? I, I thought I was unmuted. I'm sorry. You're are fine you, now. Are you from Arkansas? Okay. Yes. Let me, Lyle, let me you were right. Trying to get this thing to quit, um, <laughs> quit talking. Um, okay. <laughs> Excuse me. This is Teresa here from Little Rock. And um, I've been privileged for the most part at least to have a paratransit in um in the city where i live now unfortunately it does not go all over the place it doesn't go out to where i live but at least i'm glad i have it however once i retire um there's um i don't know my husband would like us to go back to west virginia to a very rural county where there is no public transportation of any kind and this kind of scares me to death because what if I need medical? What if I need, you know, just whatever? 
which which county in West Virginia are you looking at? Pocahontas. Pocahontas is that down more towards the south, more towards the south part yes. of the state? Kind of yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, you do have some issues there with uh, no no paratransit type or lo no local transit. Uh, West Virginia is one yeah. of those one is one of those states. It doesn't have much transportation through it. Um, no, you, no. You can get a train out of Washington. You can. Um, mm -hmm. That will come down. It would be the uh, the Cardinal. It runs every couple of days out of Washington, going towards Chicago, or mm -hmm. or the Capital Limited out of Washington, mm -hmm. going to Chicago, but by the way of Cumberland, and that's the closest it gets to West Virginia. So you're basically you basically have a problem with transportation otherwise. Um, and that's the only way you can get in and out of West Virginia. Um, have you talked to anyone from West Virginia to see what they have in paratransit or not? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I didn't want to be overheard in this discussion. Um, okay. Okay. Donna Brown lives in Romney. Yes. Um, I think there's a there's some kind of a bus or something um, that goes to Cumberland where she is. Mm. I used to live near Martinsburg, and I know there was a city bus in Martinsburg mm -hmm. that mainly served the city itself. I also used to live in Huntington, West Virginia, and they had a, a service um, for two counties, and they did... Um, provide transportation for like mostly for their activities but they also their activities I say but they also if you had a go to work doctor's appointments um legal stuff uh let me think what else um legal stuff doctors I think they would do um church um if, you know somebody didn't have any other way to get to a church on Sunday you know, or a house of worship. It could have been a synagogue. I, don't, I can't. Yeah, there was a synagogue. Mm -hmm. But as long as, you know, there were certain things that they didn't, you know, they prioritized. Mm -hmm. They prioritized. They Their activities, first foremost, came, you know, that's medical appointment, depending on how um, dire the emergency was, <coughs> might have come second. But you definitely had to let them know in advance so they could schedule the rides. Yes, we we have to do that here in Philadelphia. We have three days for for scheduling rides. Right. Uh, and oh that's... yeah, I know. I know some. Well, we've got one day turnaround here um, in Little Rock, which is good. I'm glad. At least we it used to be it was 14 days. You know how to how would you know you needed to go to the dentist? You know. Yeah. Suddenly, I... 14 days. Yeah. I, I would there again talk to your contact in West Virginia. Uh, yeah, Donna. I, I think, uh, well, I know Donna quite well. Um, yeah, some places are better than others. Um, yes. You know, um, and that's, you know, like I said, that, that this scares me to, you know, you know, trees are pretty, they're nice to look at, birds are nice to hear and sing, and da da da, but, you know, they're realities of life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? But there again, like, I. I um, I would suggest you talk to talk to Donna. She would be she would be my my go to person in West Virginia, right? Because she, I think she's pretty well up 
on what's going on in Mar- in uh, Charleston from the state point of view. Um, yeah, well, she she lives up in Romney. Right, but she, I think she would have a good idea to uh, lead you in the right direction from what she knows right. from, from the state capitol there. Yeah, because, you know, um, it'd be easy to uh, not think about medical appointments unless I needed them. Yep. Well, that's, and that's not, and that's a bad way to take care of your medical needs. Yep. Well, that, that's what I would say. And that's su- what too, yeah, that's what too many people do anyway. Yep. Uh, they that's only go what, to the doctor when they're sick. Yeah. That's what I would suggest you do. Talk to, to give Donna, get a contact with Donna. And I think she would be able to give you the most up-to-date information from West Virginia on their, on their system. Cause I know it's, it's a very rural state. A very rural state. Yeah. I think it would be one of those like South Dakota would be the same way. West Virginia, South Dakota would be almost the same way because it's very limited on what it has coming this transportation. Okay. And I have, and I have Peggy Ann to speak to you. All right. Okay. You have a question for Connie? Peggy Ann, you may speak. Great. Thank you. Again, it is the left-hand side if you're on the app. There should be a message to you. Donna, you can you hear me? Yes, we, we can. sure can. Thank you. Hi. Um, I ha- I have Meryl Schechter on my phone, and she has a question. I have her on speaker. Yeah, hi, Pat. Hi, um, Connie, Lyle, everybody. Great call. And also Marlene Hendler is on with us. All three of us are on the Transportation Committee in Baltimore. But anyway, I wanted to make a comment about when you were talking about from city to city earlier, um, because that's what's called um, a reciprocal agreement. Like, let's say you want to go from one place, you want to go from... Baltimore County or Baltimore City to um, Montgomery County or um, um, near D.C., uh, you would have to take mobility, which is the paratransit, to um, DW, and there's a bus called the B-30. Now, that bus goes to Greenbelt, and then you'd have to take the other paratransit metro access to wherever you're going. So that's called a reciprocal agreement. But I know with the rural areas, like you guys were talking about, um, in the transportation forum during the consensus, um, they were talking about developing the microtransit for the um, rural areas. And I know that's going to be a while, but I, I do feel for the people that live in the rural areas very much. So thank you. Hey, Connie. Yeah, okay. do, you, do you see a couple of questions that I might have to follow up on what Meryl said? And thank you, Meryl. Good to hear your voice. You're welcome. Thanks, Meryl. Um, a You're couple welcome. of questions. Um, do you see any, as we started off the discussion, any of the micro transit or sort of community based um, systems possibility in the rural areas? And then my second question would be. If you were to put, um, look into your crystal ball, 
do you see any relief coming for an upcoming CARES 2 kind of act coming in our future? Okay, for number one, um, so I wouldn't say any, we don't have any micro transit coming. Um, Sioux Falls is looking at um, doing a pilot program to replace their fixed route. Um, and it would be basically an on-demand service, but it would still be in the same service area they have right now. Um, so basically it's, it's not a, to me, it's not a good situation. Um, and I've kind of convinced some other people now that maybe it's not, but they, the pilot program is getting pushed back, but what they want to do is they want to do virtual bus stops. So you would have to have an app on your phone, or you'd have to call in to, um, the bus company and tell them that you would like a ride and where you're going and where you're at. And then they would tell you, you have to go maybe two blocks of this street or, you know, one direction. You never know how many blocks it might be, but you have like five minutes or 10 minutes to get to that stop. Um, so you may never have the same route. So then when you get to where you're going, you may not get to that spot you still might get dropped off, say three blocks or four blocks from that area and then walk to that spot. But then when you leave that, say talk a doctor's office, you may have to again request it, but you may not go back to that same virtual stop that you had. They may send you somewhere totally different and then you still may not get back to the original stop that you started at. Um, so it's, and if they do that, then, you know, if they don't have a fixed route, then that's one way that they can do away with paratransit. Um, they're thinking that they can save time so people won't be on the buses long to do that. Um, but at the same time, you only have a limited amount of time to, to go to catch the bus, you never know where it's gonna be at. Um, your route would always probably be different. You couldn't say all of a sudden I'm on the bus and I decide, oh, I wanna get off here. I wanna go do this errand first. You couldn't do that. Um, so that's what Sioux Falls, and they finally admitted, they were trying to say before that they were other companies or other cities, the nation was doing it. And they now have, I gotten them to admit that they are one of the first ones in the nation to do this, um, if they can pull it off. So that is what we're seeing is kind of a virtual on-demand um, system. So, you know, it's not a good situation, especially in South Dakota, um, especially now with winter. I mean, so the Northern part and the central part of the state are under winter worn storm warnings already and they have some places have six inches to 12 inches of snow already um so a lot of times you, ne you never know if your sidewalk is going to be shoveled or it could be icy so you have a lot of obstacles and they haven't thought about that stuff all the way through um so that's kind of where i'm seeing in south dakota is what we are looking at is hopefully it won't 
materialize, but it was supposed to happen in October and then got pushed back to January. And now it's going to probably be later spring is what they're going to do. And they can't guarantee me that the app will be totally accessible. They're going to, they're working with the company. I called them out on the app before and it wasn't accessible. So um, they're trying to get this app accessible. That's another concern. Um, on your second question with the CARES Act, I would say that there will be something, um, sources that I have, some good sources I have, contacts that there, after the first of the year, there will be some type of more money coming for transportation. Um, if it's another CARES Act or if it's through appropriation bill, there probably will be some money funding coming for transportation. They don't know how much and exactly how it will be done, but it's pretty pretty sure that there will be some more funding coming specifically just for transportation. That is very good news, Connie. Good. Okay. I, I do know that the contract was just signed. Uh, the airlines do this, and most people don't know that the airlines do take our military people all over the world. And the Department of Defense has contracts with certain carriers to do this. And it's a contract that's done every two years. And it's just was just awarded uh, last couple days. And it's basically $3.2 billion. Uh, for this defense contract that takes care of our troops that take take them wherever they need to be around the world. So that's money that tra some transportation money that most people don't know that it's that it goes it happens all the time for to take care of our military people to get them from it, point A to point B. Does that go to the airlines line? Hmm? That and the 3.2 billion goes to to who? Uh, the different airlines in in the in the consortium that take care of the military service, oh, I from didn't, I didn't know about that. Okay. From freight service to to commercial. Great. Okay. Good. That's good to know. Yeah. Uh, Donna, do we have any other rural uh, hands in the air? We do not. And I just uh, one just went up, oh. uh, and I and I did want to let you know we're at eight thirty three, so it'll help you manage your time. All right, um, great. And let's see who we've got raising their hand. All right, and then I'll do my little bit after that. We right. have Jerry Hogan. Yeah, when you said Jerry, welcome. Hi, Jerry. Thank you. Thank you for letting me come in. Um, I'm, I'm server connected. I served eight years, uh, two and six year National Guard. I, 24 years later, I, I've got server connected, but I used that type of service back in the, in the beginning 70s. Uh, when when I left to go on active duty, after I was home for 30 days after training, uh, I, I I had to pay my way to get to New York. And from New York, I used a, a, the commercial airline that contract from the government from the government. Yep. In the year I I use that. That's what it's for. You yep, know, when that's, you that's what season, you go. Your your name is on the list. Yep. So just things that the things that our government does that most people don't know about. Yeah. Very good. Thank you, sir. Good. Appreciate that. Um, and appreciate your service too. Um, 
maybe I will jump in next uh, to talk about paratransit and what I'm seeing, at least in the Washington, D.C. area. So um, we have a full, full plate of transportation here, bus, rail, paratransit. Um, the transportation, as Lyle and, and Connie have said, has taken a real hit. Um, we are about $250 million short of, I think it's like a $1.9 billion um, budget that we have every year. So that's gonna hurt. And we're going to run out of CARES money come um, middle of December, beginning of January, which is why I put Connie on the spot to see if we're gonna get any more money. Interestingly enough, we were in a situation where um, we, we in the Washington area were told if we want to get more transportation money, we have to spend the money that we already have that we got from, uh, from COVID, which was uh, I think around 1.6 or something billion dollars. And <clears throat> you had to spend that money before you could get more money, but they, they weren't sure they were gonna get more money. So we have been spending the money. Uh, the buses are up to about 85% of what they were running before. The trains are running somewhere around 70 to 80% and paratransit is running also. However, um, the capacity on the buses and the, and the buses, uh, is, there are about 30%. Uh, the trains are not full at all, even though we're running trains pretty much all day long. Um, and paratransit, which is very interesting, is the good news is it's 97% on time. The bad news is we're running at about 15 to 20% of capacity, uh, 15 to 20% of the trips that we had before. So we're not, we're not doing a great job there. <clears throat> In the paratransit world, uh, interestingly enough, we are paying our drivers for five days a week, even if they're only working two days a week or three days a week. Uh, come December, they're gonna start to get paid for what the, the days they work, two days a week. So we're gonna find our drivers um, getting jobs with Lyft and Uber, which they're already trying to do. So we're going to lose our, our paratransit fleet. Uh, and if transport, if, if when paratransit comes back, if it comes back, um, we're gonna to have to recruit new drivers. And that's training, that's routes, and everyone's familiar with what a mess that can be to bring on a new. So we're, we're, we're in pretty bad shape and we don't have any, uh, we don't have any, we don't have a lot of confidence that we're gonna get that, um, you know, cares too money, let's call it, uh, for transportation, but we desperately will need it in Washington, DC. So that's kind of the state of where things are right now. Uh, we get our funding from the jurisdictions, Washington, D.C., Virginia, and Maryland. The jurisdictions pay for transportation. Everyone pays uh, money into the pot, and that's how it's managed. But with, um, with the states, Maryland D and D.C. and Virginia, Maryland, Virginia, D.C., being short on cash now, that's going to hurt the system. And so 
we don't have a way to fund a system that we desperately need that is spiraling down. Um, when we talked about how to make up the $250 million, um, I suggested one of the services that we had before COVID was same day, uh, same day service uh, where you could get an Uber, Lyft. Uh, we had like eight carriers that we were using in the area. Uh, and you could opt for these same day service carriers and they were less expensive than the $55 a ride. Not that we would pay it, but that's what it was costing uh, WMATA down in Washington. So they were able to take people off the, you know, off the schedule, provide service at a much lower rate. And I said, okay, so if we wanna save money for the system, can we opt out to same day service and not use the paratransit service? But um, that, I don't think that's gonna take place because the powers that be are more interested in making sure that we have a paratransit system, even though it's more expensive and sort of less reliable than the same day service system because they have contracts. So, you know, I don't know what we're gonna really end up with. Um, if transit doesn't come back, if we don't see the demand, uh, they're already looking at layoffs for a lot of the transit people. Uh, I think the last people to go would probably be the bus and the rail folks. Uh, we'll see some some slowdown in the paratransit area, but things are looking kind of bleak here right now. And really, we may not see any turnaround until maybe the spring. So we're looking for options, and uh, so that's why tonight's discussion has been a good one. Um, I'll stop here right now. Love to see if we've got any other people that would like to join in the conversation. Options concerning larger urban areas, what you see, what solutions you put forward, uh, what has worked, what hasn't worked. Right now, we're in a little bit of a guessing game in Washington, D.C. Okay. Any hands up, Donna? We do. We have uh, Bob Kavanaugh. All right, Bob. Hi. Um, Pat, I'm wondering if you saw, because I actually saw it in the paper just this morning, uh, which was kind of interesting. They've got in uh, Fairfax County, Virginia, uh, it sounds like a microtransit option. It's a uh, self-driving shuttle that yes. uh, goes from a, a transit point to a shopping district. I was talking with someone about that today and I said, really? <laughs> I've heard of that. Uh, it only he has says it's one vehicle. One vehicle seats can hold 12 people, six standing and six sitting. Wow. Yep, they had it on the news tonight. Yep. Look at that. that yeah. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, WTP. Well, now, the, the vehicle itself, was it, uh, so was there anyone behind the wheel or you just walked on and how did it work? Did you get any, I didn't see it. Um, it sounds like there's going to be uh, it's most. It sounds like they've got a uh, 
someone behind the wheel to uh, take over if uh, if if conditions uh, if the situation uh, requires, but uh, uh-huh. otherwise it's uh, autonomous. Autonomous, really? Okay. No, I, I mean I heard about that today. I think we saw some things in the news, but I I did not know much about it. Yeah. Yeah, it will it will end it will end up at one of the metro stations down in Fairfax County there. Okay. And yeah, yeah and it will go. There's a consortium of people that are making sure it sets up and runs. Um, George Washington University and other other people down there. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know yet. Like like I like I was telling the Uber driver this morning. At least I know that you're in the car. I can hear your turn signals and I can hear you're turning the wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you're, if you are not in the car, I'm not getting in it, period. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's interesting going back to what Annie said, the first caller, uh, you know, buses, she's not seeing a lot of activity. Uh, we've got, we've got, you know, we're still doing rear, um, rear door boarding on the buses so that the drivers, you know, feel safer about COVID and, and that sort of thing. But we're not paying for the buses yet, but I think that may start soon. But I guess we don't have to worry about that with, well, except you do have a driver behind the wheel. So yeah, you'd have to be worried. Do you have fare cards in the district for the buses or not? We have smart, smart, in Washington, DC, we have yes. smart, smart cards. Yeah, okay. we don't have any paper fare cards anymore. Okay. We learned how to um, um, uh, forge those. And beat the, beat the system. Yes. <laughs> Somebody did. I, I, I never can figure this stuff out myself, but very clever people learned how to create their own cards. And it was rather interesting. I have very another good. hand for you. Go ahead. Uh, Jamaica Miller. Jamaica, you may speak. Hey, Jamaica. Evening, everybody. This is uh, Jamaica Miller, and I'm from Athens, Georgia, which is kind of a, a small town. Um, it's small, uh, smaller than the than the whole Atlanta area. So, what I am working on is a transportation system for people that need it to be able to go shopping, go to the um, go to church, go to doctor's appointments, go to other other. Um, I like the council of the blind meetings, but we're not we're not doing we're not doing the um, we're not doing work um, work uh, to to go to work, but we are we are working with all with all all of the other things I just mentioned, and so we're hoping down the road we will be able to let it go where where it will go nationally, and other people can use can use the can use the service as well. So, but right now, That's it's right now it's starting in three counties at this point, but we're working to hopefully, let, hopefully make it go nationally. So but you're, you're, you're in Northeast Georgia, is that yes, correct? Yes, okay. that is correct. And Jamaica, let me ask you a question. You know, it's interesting, Connie and Lyle, it seems like this has been a theme throughout this, um, this call in that, during times of stress and uh, dislocation or whatever we want to call it, people are finding ways to get transportation out to the people that need it. 
Um, Jamaica, talk to me about your funding. How did you get started? And, you know, this, I think this is something we definitely want to look into so that in the short term or, or maybe the medium term, we can come up with these, I don't know what we even call them, custom services or whatever. Well, what, what, we're, what we do is we, um, our, our funding started, it's, it's actually a nonprofit that, that mm-hmm. I have, that I've started and it's called Wheels of Hope and it's wheelsofhopeinternational.org is what our website is. And we are, we are, um, right now we're working in three counties to, to really, to really get it to really get it back going because we're we are closed right now we're hopefully going to reopen at the first of the after the first of the year um when things are less uh less um hopefully less um less less with the COVID 19 uh stuff going on and, right. and uh so funding right now we have done i have done two um, two uh, swim challenges, which I had um, people um, do mile, um, not mileage, um, for the laps that I did. Um, we raised three thousand dollars this year. I don't remember how much I raised last year from it. And we also have, we also have been, uh, we also raised, um, we um, ha- had volunteer drivers from a. Um, real estate agent company that, um, that we that, that, um, that we, that we, that we are working with. And we also have, we're hoping to start where we can get people to maybe volunteer from the churches to help, help. So we're working, we're working on, we're working on that big part now, but right mm-hmm. now, um, right now we don't, we don't have very, we don't know how many volunteers we're going to have when, when we're able to restart and we don't know, and we don't know who's going to be, we don't, there's a lot of things I'm, I'm working on, but I have been doing this since 2018. So, okay. oh, wow. Okay. Um, so it's a three, it's already a three year, um, three year program. So if, if anybody is interested, um, just look, look at the website and tell me what things, what things you, what things you'd like for me to try to change on the website and I'll try to get them changed. But some people just, I'm not sure how much I'll be able to change, but I'll do what I can. So. um, Great. Thank you very much for sharing that program with us. Yes. That's how, that's how we're starting at this point. Beautiful. Thank you very much. And then we we have donors that have donated, you know, Mm -hmm. Donated, and right now, if you want to donate, you can donate through the through PayPal or send us a check. That's the only two ways at this point we can we can receive money at this time. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry about that, but I can't. We're just really having a starting small, having a hard time. So good. Thank you. Very good. Excellent. Thank you, Donna. How are we doing on on hands? Are we getting to most of them? We are. We have another one up for you. Um, just right. one, 10 minutes to the hour. Um, we have area code 770. 770. Is that North Carolina or is that? Uh, 
I don't know. You've been two for two and a half. Zero is uh, myself, Phil Jones, and um, I am uh, retired now, but um, I uh, used plenty of public transportation over the years, and in um, recent years, I, I moved to the Loganville area, which is kind of partially in Gwinnett County and partially in Walton County, and uh, you know, it's been very interesting that uh, this is all part of the metropolitan Atlanta area, which consists of 28 counties, and about half the counties have public transportation. Uh, Walton doesn't, uh, but uh, I voted the other day, and I did notice there's a local option sales tax all about doing something about transportation. I think the idea is uh, putting uh, about putting a bus system in this area. Uh, it may take about five years to really get it going, but uh, uh, that is being worked on apparently. Uh, um, what I had to do uh, when I uh, was working, um, well, I would usually have someone drive me to a MARTA station, you know, a Metropolitan Atlanta Rapid Transit Authority, and I would take MARTA the rest of the way into downtown where I worked. And that consisted of uh, taking a couple of trains and uh, either a bus or Georgia Tech's shuttle and trolley service. Georgia Tech has that, that, uh, that is actually not uh, students have to pay for, but everybody else is. Free. They'll just take. They'll just take all comers within the area where the Georgia Tech is located. Um, and um, the other alternative that I had was that uh, in the Snellville area, which is about 15 minutes from where I live, there there was uh, they have they have buses, the Georgia Regional Transit Authority, and they take you downtown to uh, a MARTA station. And uh, I, I did, the big drawback, of course, it takes a very long time to get from uh, here to there if you do it uh, either way, that way. And they do have some van pools out here in the area. That, uh, I'm kind of surprised that Loganville, it's really a growing suburb, but it's really just, I mean, it's growing like crazy. And, uh, mm-hmm. The traffic is really something that you're going from here to. Here to downtown, I'm so surprised that uh, and they haven't gotten transportation out here already. But uh, it's really, uh, uh, in some respects, a joke in metropolitan Atlanta as far as transportation goes. Are you seeing COVID uh, eat into that transportation, or are you have you considered? Are you somewhat immune right now to you know pre-COVID versus where you are now? Okay, well, uh, right now I haven't really done much as far as as far as getting out. Uh, I will say this though that um, from uh, everything that I'm hearing, uh, one of the things is that train uh, service and paratransit service, well, has been has been uh, cut back somewhat mm-hmm. uh, because of all of that. One of the things that we are afraid that will happen in Washington, and and it's probably indicative of happening in other places, uh, because the bus routes are not being used as much, they might cut them. Well, that would give them exactly the excuse they need to cut the paratransit area. 
And although they have agreed to keep the same paratransit area through July of 2021, there's no guarantee that they won't make that circle smaller uh, come, you know, August of 2021. And so that is something that we, you know, everybody in, in, in our area is looking at, but it's not just particular to Washington, D.C. I've heard of other areas and people getting uh, cut out of paratransit because bus and fixed route gets cut and people are not grandfathered. You're just out of luck. You're just so, right. Yeah. I, I think what we're going to see with some of these bigger systems is you're going to have routes that basically run on the same street. I mean, I can think of Market Street, you have four or five bus routes that run all on, in that same area, and you might then eventually get cut down to two or one. You mm-hmm. know, instead of having four or five, they go to different places. What I can easily see the or origin part of the route being cut to save on time and mm-hmm. and save on money. You know, that 15 blocks from, say, front and market to 15th and market you know, you can cut out, you know, that's, that's a half hour area, you know, up and back with layover time, they can, they can put that fund somewhere else. And I think that's what we got it. We have to be worried about the, how they're going to change routes. If they're going to make them uh, bigger, longer. I mean, you know, some of the stuff that we're seeing and it goes for the rural stuff too, on the smaller, smaller routes, smaller systems, you're seeing stuff that was, um, small, and then next thing you know, next thing you know, they're adding or cutting away from the route because it it's not paying them to run the route. I mean, I'm looking at a system up in the in the Reading area, uh, Barda, uh, Ber- uh, Berks Area Rapid Transit Association. Um, they have runs that used to go out to the VA, and it was by um, you had to call and make sure you could have that transportation. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, hang on, Lyle. Let me just check with our timekeeper, Don. I, th- I think we just hit the night. Yep, we're at eight fifty-six right now. All yeah. right, uh, Lyle. Let me let me do a couple of thank yous. Let me uh, yes. let me uh, uh, let me first of all thank our illustrious Donna. You've done a wonderful job tonight, Donna. I hope we got most of the hands tonight. Uh, like to give a big uh, thank you also out to Sheila Styron, Becky Davidson. Environmental Access Committee, uh, Transportation Committee, Mobility and, Mobility and Beyond, Ron, uh, for the work you know that they're doing. Uh, Connie, uh, it's always great working with you. Any 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 other thoughts on rural transportation and where we need to go? No, not necessarily. I just think that you know we need to keep talking and sharing ideas and suggestions. Um, I think we've had some really good conversations tonight. So I just think it's important that we just get out and help and help each other and teach each other how to advocate and keep going. And and Connie, you know, we will hold you uh, responsible for bringing home cares too. Yeah. (laughs) No pressure, right? And Sheila Styron actually has her hand up if you would like her to speak for a moment. All right, Sheila, you're free to talk. Thank you, Sheila. Um, hi, everybody. 
I just wanted to thank everybody for, you know, doing a great job and the panelists and every, everybody who's already been thanked, the presenters and the audience. And, and these discussions do, do lead us to places where we all need to be going right now. And I've been worried. I'll just end with this quick thought. I've been worried for a long time. What are we going to do with all these buses when, you know, they're, they're out of service and we have micro mobility and we don't really need big buses anymore. And I just want to leave you with a question. What do you guys think about turning all these buses that we won't be needing in future years into housing? Then we'll all have places to live too. So what goes around comes around and thanks everybody and have a great night.